Create Art Podcast, Project, National Novel Writing Month, and National Podcast Post Month. Hello, friend, and welcome to Create Art Podcast, where I help you tame your inner critic and create more than you consume. I'm Timothy Kim O'Brien, your head instigator with over 20 years in arts and education. Now, how do I do this? Well, I provide you with commentary, interviews, discussions, and projects that will inspire you to create art. Now, this month, November of 2021, I will be podcasting daily and writing a novel all within that 30 days. I'm participating in Nay Pod Pomo, which is National Podcast Post Month, and Nay No Rimo. I did this last year. I want to do it again this year. And you will find all the episodes right here at createartpodcast.com. Now, you'll be able to listen and read along to what I wrote for the day. I do like to practice what I preach when it comes to art. So I'm challenging myself again this year to write and have you come along for the ride. It's my hope that this inspires you to accomplish your goals with your art. And if you'd like to share what you're doing, feel free to email me Timothy at createartpodcast.com. So let's get this show on the road. All right, we are on November the 7th. Our daily count today, which was uh, really good, I was kind of surprised. Uh, 1,950, which puts us over the 10,000 mark. Cumulative total is 10,353 words. So thank you all for uh, pushing me forward to this. I really appreciate it. Here we go. Everyone started to head inside the house for the, to the dining room where they heard a low rumble coming from the driveway. That should be Vince. It's close enough to one. Cheryl, Myra. Here's what you've been waiting for. I present to you Vince, said Carl. Dad, do you want me to help him park the truck, said asked Seth. Go ahead, but you don't get to drive it. Just marshal him in and make sure Cheryl has room to move her car since she has to leave early, replied Nate. Carl took a seat where Nate was standing, and Cheryl and Myra followed suit to his right. Her mind sat at the opposite of Nate at the other end of the table, and Rachel said, sat to her right. Nate waited for everyone to sit down before he took his seat and looked towards the front door to see when Vince and Seth came in. Everyone heard the loud horn and the backup beeping from what was presumed Vince's truck. Cheryl and Myra's eyes widened. Wait, Vince has one eye. How can he drive? asked Cheryl. We know a few people at the DMV. Plus, Vince drives better than most people with two eyes. Sometimes, I have him drive me to meetings, or if there's certain issues that need his speciality, replied Nate. The sound of the truck died, and heavy footsteps of Vince and Seth could be heard. Do I still need need to take off my boots at the door, Nate? I just had them cleaned before I came over bellowed a gruff voice from the front door. Leave your boots on. I don't think our guests would appreciate your foot odor as much as we do, big guy, replied Nate. 
Seth walked into the dining room with a bald, muscular man with a patch over his left eye, not much taller than him. Myra and Cheryl presumed this was the aforementioned Vince. He walked up to Nate and shook hands while whispering something in his ear. Nate smiled a bit and shook his head and whispered back. Then Vince walked over to Carl and pulled out the chair he was sitting in and pulled him out of his seat and bear-hugged him while Carl grunted. Little brother, you look tired. Has Nate turned you into a Vogon yet? said Vince. I think the correct term is tree-hugging hippie, and the answer is not yet. But Cheryl might, replied Carl. Vince put Carl down in his seat as Cheryl and Myra looked in amazement. They were expecting somebody much taller from what Seth and Rachel shared with them on the tour of the grounds. Vince approached Cheryl and Myra from behind. He pulled out Cheryl's chair and extended his hand to her. She put her hand in his hand, and he bent over to kiss it. You must be Cheryl. I bet you were expecting me to pick you up like I just did to Carl. I'm not the mean monster you expected, am I? Vince asked. No, you were very charming with that. Vince picked up Cheryl and gave her a slightly intense bear hug before she could finish her sentence. Ming. Oh my gosh, no, that's what I expected. <laughs> Finished Cheryl. Vince put her down carefully back into her chair, and he winked his eye at Myra and mouthed, Want a piggyback ride? She nodded yes and smiled ear to ear. Vince pulled out Myra's chair and hoisted her above his head, and she placed her legs around his neck and held onto the top of his head. They walked around the dining uh, table and out to the living room where Vince got on his tiptoes and Myra was able to touch the crystal chandelier. When Myra touched the chandelier, it made a twinkling sound as some of the pieces softly clinked together, which made her smile even more. Vince took her upstairs and back down, and she squealed with delight, and then they headed back to the dining room, where he gently put her back in, into her seat. He then made his way to his chair next to Nate on the opposite of Carl at the head of the table. So, Vince, now you've met Cheryl and Myra, I think we can start having lunch. Everyone, it's family buffet style. Our guests first, please, declared Nate. Myra and Cheryl got up from their, uh, got up and took their plates to the buffet, followed by Carl and Vince, and then Seth and Rachel, and lastly, Carmine and Nate. They all lined up and filled their plates. Carl looked over at Nate, and then he looked over at Nate's family with Vince and smiled. He then looked at Cheryl and Myra, who were talking with everyone else, and his smile grew even brighter. He was happy he finally had a family that he could bring to his brother's house and eat a meal with. He felt more accomplished in his life, regardless of the circumstances that made this possible. He ate and savored each bite of the vegan food, and today it tasted like the best meal of his life. He wanted more life. He wanted to not just live, but to thrive. The meal lasted for about two hours and only broke up when Cheryl had to excuse herself to leave in order to cover the shift she promised. Before she, le uh, before she left Carmine, before she left, Carmine gave her a few containers of food and some cookbooks to keep in the apartment. If you'd been a fly on the wall, you would have never known that this was their first meeting. Kyra, uh, Carl and Myra 
walked her out to the car. And Myra gave her a big hug and looked up at Carl. I had a great time. Thank you for bringing me to your family. They're awesome, said Charles. I think the food is going to put me into a coma. How about you, asked Carl. Nah, I feel energized like I could run all the way back to town and, and work and not even break a sweat. Okay, Myra, look after Carl. Make sure he doesn't get in any trouble. I won't be back before you go to bed, so can I get a hug good night? And I'll see you in the morning, Cheryl said as uh, she opened the driver's uh, side door. Myra and Cheryl hugged deeply for a few minutes. Myra, why don't you run back inside and give Carmine and Nate a hand with the dishes, said Carl. With that, she ran inside the house. Carl looked into Cheryl's eyes. Thank you for coming. I, I know this is all moving so fast right now, and let me know if you need to slow down or have some space. I'm feeling better about what's going on, even though we know how it will probably end. I haven't been this positive in a long time, said Carl. Cheryl started to tear up and then grabbed Carl and planted a deep and passionate kiss on him. They stayed like that for a few minutes, not caring about the cameras or if anyone could see them embracing from the house. Finally, Cheryl broke the embrace and and sat down in the driver's seat and started the car. I'll see you in bed tonight. Don't let me catch you sleeping on the sofa, said Cheryl, and closed the door, almost immediately putting the car into gear and headed back into town. Carl stood there for a moment, dumbfounded by what had just happened and by what Cheryl just said. It also frightened him a bit, since he hadn't slept with a woman since the divorce. He didn't know if his snoring would keep her awake or which side of the bed she liked to sleep on or if the music he played would keep her up. His anxiety started to rise. And just as it did, Nate called to him from the front porch. Hey, lover boy, we got some work to do. Angela's on her way and she has some paperwork for us to go over, said Nate in a loud enough voice for Carl to hear but not shouting. Carl started back to the house with a spring in his step and the biggest smile he had in years on his face. Thanks for making this easier, big bro, he said as he passed Nate through the front door. Oh, thing, this is where things get much harder. Run down to the office and meet Vince there. Carmine and Rachel have taken Myra to the craft room to make something for Cheryl, said Nate as he followed Carl uh, into the house and then to the office. Nate's office was in the basement of the house and reminded Carl of bomb shelters he had seen, he had seen in books about the Cold War. It was decked out with computers and TV screens as well as a couple of beds and a full bathroom with a shower and bathtub. Nate also kept a pantry and a weapons room down there with a generator and a two-car garage with a full shop and two four-wheel drive Ford Broncos from the late 70s that were in perfect running condition. Carl didn't know what else Nate stored down there, but he felt safe in Nate's office space. Vince was sitting in one of the chairs in front of Nate's old wood desk, and Carl took a seat next to him. Nate went behind his desk and settled into his leather chair. Vince had a drink on the, end of the, uh, on the end of the table next to him and a portfolio in his lap opened up with various papers and pictures of the coffee shop, the outside of Carl's apartment, a, ho- a random hotel room, and a house that he didn't recognize. Vince, what are we dealing with? asked Nate. All right, boss, this is one of the weirdest assignments we've done. So, the father, and I use that term loosely, is Harold McKenzie. He's He was 34, and until recently, he was the father of Myra. 
He was found at a no-tell hotel where my friends with the police department found him. They received a call from someone in someone at the hotel letting them know they received a call from someone at the at what they think was the hotel letting them know that there was a dead body the informant did not identify themselves but the hotel had a reputation for unsavory individuals the informant gave mr mckinsey's room number and the call was really unable to be tricked the informant's voice was determined to be male and natural. No vocal modulation was detected. The call came in at about 7 in the morning. They sent out a car, and the officers spoke with the employee on duty. They were granted access to the room where they found the recently deceased laying on a bed, unresponsive to their commands. One officer inspected the room, while the other officer attended to the body. No signs of a struggle, no gunshot wounds, no shell casings, and no blood from the body. There are uh, no personal effects found in the dresser, and the bathroom appeared to have been unused. The employee on duty uh, noted that the occupant had paid in cash, and a search of the body turned up a wallet and keys to a car that was in the lot. The wallet was Mr. McKenzie's, and there was no activity on the credit card for two days before he had gotten. Uh, two days before when he had gotten gas at a station nearby. And they estimated the time of death was recent, say, in the past six hours since the discovery of the body. Vince said with absolutely no emotion in his voice. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to today's installment of Shared Diary. If you like what you heard, you can go to the website, createartpodcast.com. You can go to this post and leave me some comments and let me know what you liked and what you didn't like. I would suggest reading through last year's work first to know who Carl is and who Myra is and who Cheryl is, and who all these people are, uh, that would probably help. So again, we'll see you tomorrow. And I just wanted to let you all know, too, that sometimes I might miss a day or two in this month. Sundays are the days that I usually catch up if I miss any days during the week. So make sure that you're subscribed and following whatever podcast app you're using. And I want to thank you for listening in and reading uh, the story that I'm writing eventually will be for you. Have a great day. And this is a Gagopod East Studios production. Gagopod, where we've been helping creatives tell their story with podcasting since 2017. Take a look at gagopod.com and you'll see all of our network shows. All of them are designed to help you podcast. See you next time.